Welcome to From the Valley Podcast, episode 36. We're here at Victoria Park Golf Club. I've got a few guests with me this morning. We've got Adrian Jenkinson from Smartfeed. And Market Lens. Yeah. Market Lens. And we've got Kevin Gammy, the founder of Brisbane Small Business Facebook. G'day. So this is, Kevin's been on the podcast before, haven't we, Kevin? I have. And finally, we've got Alan Mason from Encore Accounting. Uh, famous in our circles for being Kerry Packers accountant back in the day. Welcome along, Alan. Hi, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, we're here waiting for our breakfast. Everyone's ordered their breakfast, haven't they, boys? Yeah. Absolutely. And how did our golf game go today? I think it finished well. We two over the last four holes. You did. You finished awesome. What about you guys? How did you play? Uh, I played pretty well. I think I'm only about six or seven over for the nine. Yeah. I'm probably similar to Kev today, I think. All right. Good day. The rain didn't... Uh, no, Keep us away. No, it was very. It looked like it was going to sort of a bit of drizzle when I first woke up this morning at four thirty. But I was sort of a bit iffy. What about you? Did you see it was raining? You got oh, Alan tried to pull out. It was raining. It was raining. It's about five thirty, quarter six, and I thought, Kev, you. Alan was going to work. Scaredy cat. Oh no, it wasn't going to work. It was a beautiful day. Kevin did a good job. He must have said a few words to somebody to you know, keep the weather at bay. Yeah. So this is sort of a. First sort of uh, podcast over a breakfast, really. So uh, we've just, just our little golf group. We're going to do another. Well, so that's a nine before nine. This is the second time we've done it in recent times. You've, you've done this quite a few times, haven't we? I have. Yeah. I used to do it quite regularly. So we'll probably do the first whatever first hour of the month. Yeah. Nine before nine is really good. And we've played the tenth to the eighteenth hole today. So started with the two par threes and then four par fours and then finished with three par threes. So about an hour. And 40 minutes of play and uh, in really good conditions. I think, you know, apart from a couple of holes, it wasn't too bad for me, but just, uh, sometimes you just let a few holes get away. So, yeah, we had the, the budget, which, which I sort of did a bit of a podcast on a couple of days ago. What did you guys think of the budget? Any sort of any thoughts, Alan? Actually, I thought it was quite a good budget, to be honest. I mean, surplus, um, a few difficult measures in terms of uh, catching scam contractors and a few other Yeah, I noticed you put a post, uh, post on Facebook about um, scam contractors and uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they sort of tackle that. And um, But yeah, very interesting and certainly if you were, you know, and there's often a bit of discussion had, I guess, and it might, it might even come into your Brisbane Small Business uh, Post of the week, that particular one that Alan put up, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting it could be up there this week. It could be. It could well be. I don't know, I've been blocked from Facebook. You are, you are, you are. So tell us what, what happened there. So yeah. I, was meant to be, I was meant to be on a. It's all your fault, it's all yeah. your fault, Tim. I'm well, going to blame you. I was meant to be on a live pod, uh, Facebook uh, thing with you yesterday. I got cancelled. I, I was trying to schedule it. So I schedule it, schedule it up the day before, but as the third party provider was trying to post it to Facebook, there was a glitch in between the two systems. And so it tried to post it literally 267 times. That many times. Uh, in, in about 30 seconds. So it was really a bit of a funny story. Can I tell the whole story? So I was at home doing it anyway, so the dogs could sense that I was really stressed and they started barking. My partner works from home, but she's gone, if you're not going to look after those dogs, I'm going to ignore them too. And I'm busy trying to, you know, delete the posts as quickly as that. But I can't delete 267 posts in, in a matter of 30 seconds. And so my stress levels are rising. The dogs are barking their head off and Facebook blocks me all in the middle of this stuff. Now, you, do, so, you don't know how long you block for. No, in, it's just no, indefinite until they decide that I'm a cool character again. That was crazy. I mean, 267 posts. I'm looking forward to my little Facebook live feed. I was looking forward yeah. to it too. 
So, are, so are, you, are you banned by association? No, 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 well? not banned by association. <laughs> <laughs> the whole group is banned. Yeah. Like we, we should be careful group. who we hang so out with in the future. It's all this R-rated stuff, Kevin. So one of the posts of the week about yeah, subcontractors and employees, um, it's an interesting one. Obviously, both of us have lots of uh, clients that sort of go in this decision, do I go in this direction, do I go in this direction, do I employ people? I always say, you know, if you're going to have any sort of direction and control over these people and, and the way things are set, it's always an employee. Um, contractors are they're sort of running their own show. Exactly. Day, so. But what are your what are your clients asking you post budget? Uh, so, well, I haven't had too many uh, with the budget. I mean, Alan says it's a really good budget. I think um, certainly some extra tax cuts are always very welcome. An extra five hundred and fifty dollars, I think, is what people will will get if they earn between forty eight and ninety thousand, which is most people uh, will get an extra, and then it starts. Um, then it starts um, uh, shading out. Um, there's also, you know, they're going to always be able to bring what contractors are going to be more closely to that as Alan sort of suggested. Always a band ball is too. If you haven't lost your basses for a long period of time. And also tax returns. You don't want your tax return for you, you can't get your ABN. Your ABN will be cancelled, which means you, you cannot trade, you're out of business. So if you don't lodge and continue to provide invoices to suppliers, uh, you're, you're no longer registered so you can trade. But, but I think on balance it's a good budget because it doesn't try to give away too much. Yes, you have to have a few incentives to, to appease the other side of government and the voters might choose to vote that way, but otherwise I thought uh, they weren't making strict promises, a few cut-downs and crack-downs and you know, tightening up in a few areas that started two years ago in terms of Tim mentioned contractors. I thought, Tim, your post on contractors about um, having a 30 to 40 percent markup, I thought very, that's very good. People should think, bear that in mind. If it's but a, I got Kathy to play great versus a contract rate. Right? You were saying about 30 percent? You were saying? Yeah, I'd say it'd be silly if you didn't go for at least 30 percent. I'm sort of mainly saying 40 percent. Mm. I've had certainly, had, I mean, I had many clients in the construction industry in particular work out, okay, am I going to go down the, the employee route and get paid? with all the, the union stuff as well because once I sort of say goodbye to a convenient you know they can say goodbye to some of the union entitlements as well so it's hard to weigh up if you're in the building and you say well I'm not going to stay on this way but we get a package um, the employer's not necessarily going to pay 30-40% higher um, than that so it, it makes, sometimes it makes sense to stay with being an employee especially if they're happy some of, the, some of those tax benefits may not appear in that sort of regard but they get a pretty good deal. Um, well, it's, there's naturally 35% um, benefits that you get because by the time you've got your super at your 9.5%, you've got your annual leave, you've got you know, 10 days, so you've got 20 days annual leave, you've got 10 days of sick leave, you've also got 10 days of public holidays a year. So by the time you add all of this up, and, and, work with and then you've got workers' comp as well, and workers' comp, that's probably about 4 or 5%. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you add all those things up, it is between thirty-five and forty percent minimum markup that you need yeah. to actually go on the contract. I think um, Josh Broden's work spoke really well. I think he was actually spoke better than Hollywood in the actual delivery of his speech. So I think he was quite well recorded um, and rightly so. Um, did anyone catch Bill Shorten's a lot of people couldn't be bothered, but I did listen to it though. Yeah, right. what, did, what, did, what did Uncle Bill have to say? Uh, so Uncle Bill was all about 
um, a Medicare cancer doctor. Right. So that's his latest uh, thing that he's gonna he's gonna spend like billions and billions of dollars creating this uh, this uh, Medicare cancer fund. So that's gonna and then basically so a lot of it's gonna cover things like free MRIs, free CT scans, just all that sort of stuff. But I mean, he spoke like he usually does. Fairly well prepared, but at the end of the day, when you look at the surface of what he's saying, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be a lot of cost. You know, a lot of cost to the budget. It's, it's to me, in my opinion, their track, the track record of Labor is spending a lot of money. They're going to put a lot more jobs in people in the NDIS, and that's you know how they're going to fund all that is, is going to be interesting. They're going to try, and uh, what we don't like is. Taxing uh, trust distribution at 30%, getting rid of negative gearing, 25% discount only for capital gains as opposed to 50, makes it an incredibly expensive exercise to sell it on a basis of capital, an account of capital. Um, and also, he hates self-managed super funds, so you can see a lot of self-managed super funds because of the, uh, in particular, franking credit uh, rebates. So, People will rearrange their fares if Labor get in, that's no doubt about which, that. Which budget do you think is more beneficial for SMEs? I think, believe it or not, I think small business aren't going to be... Uh, there's going to be a lot of small businesses that will have to rearrange their fares if Labor get in. Around their structure. Um, they're going to have to probably, probably ditch the trust structure mm-hmm. more often than not. It'll be, less, it'll be certainly a lot less... Uh, um, attractive to use that type of structure. We'll see a lot less track type trust structures in general if, if that law does get in. That's a hit. Um, companies are going to probably be more the flavour of the month. Uh, we're starting to see that over the last um, 10 years anyway, but uh, trust is still a very, you know, currently, trust is still a very attractive structure. Um, this allows a bit of flexibility. Flexibility is what's going to go from here. I agree that proposed change to trust structures, I think, have quite a lot of flaws in them. There's a lot of flaws when you try to work through them, and how they handle that, how they handle that distribution, the tax back to the beneficiary end. It's going to be quite difficult to start. I wouldn't be surprised if that whole regime, that whole promise is um, goes out the door. So more concerning for me, though, is, um, and, and the small businesses in Brisbane Small Business, is Labor's push to increase wages. Wages, you know, small businesses is working on pretty tight margins already, and to push wages up, it's going to discourage them from employing people, when at the moment we're employing 44% of the working population. So if all of a sudden we can't afford to do that, or we're giving people less work because we can't afford those higher hourly rates, it's going to have a real big flow on and into unemployment, I believe. Yeah, I think it's going to affect... Um, but unemployment's fairly steady at the moment, 5%. That's a projection under no change. I don't think um, we really projected what that unemployment rate's, how that's going to be if we have a change of government. Yeah, I'm projecting it's going to go up. I, I think we'll see some inflation because it'll be passed on. Wage costs will get passed on. Prices will go up. I, I think it's got to lead to inflation. Either that or reduction in employment. I mean, business is not making that much that it can absorb 
10 15% increase in labour costs. There are a lot of jobs no. that go offshore. Mm. I, I, I agree with you, Kev. I, I actually think we'll start to see a second round of push to, to some offshoring for some businesses. Interesting. Particularly thing. in the service space. In Bill's short speech, he didn't mention anything about, about offshoring jobs. I mean, that's a big issue for. Um, for Australians, that a lot of businesses, it's, it's very cost-effective. It's easier than ever before, and it's only getting easier. And you know, and, and with the disparity, if, if that keeps widening, then people are going, people who are ideologically opposed to it, there will come a breaking point, and they'll go. Even though I don't like it, I'm going to have to move people offshore. The gig economy. It's a very different world to to what to what uh, really they envisage. Everybody is out there, you know, being packing, invested in their own sort of uh, worlds. Um, you can't really. The union's always trying to have an influence, building industry in particular, and you know other related industries, that even government industries. Uh, yeah. But. You know, we want to see a bit more. The gig economy is, is taking over. Um, the, the types of jobs that are getting created now are, are very sort of freelance jobs. And what um, and as what uh, Dennis Keating, one of my um, uh, people that's sort of on the podcast, you know, back you only have to go back about 30 years ago. There was never a full time. People were never working full time. It's just it's one of those things that it's expected that a full time job is what you have to do. These days, it's not reality. I was with a developer last week. They've got a factory in China. Yep. They're manufacturing all the kitchens, a lot of their wardrobes and carpentry and all sorts of things overseas. They've got their own factory. They go over. And if you're doing development, 200 units or something, you bring in. Yeah, 200 kitchens, 200 bathrooms. Yep. Done, ready to go. Yeah, exactly. So, Adrian, a bit about so, so how are your customers going at the moment? I mean, you're, you're smart fee, and you're, you're dealing with accountants still? Yeah, I'm, I'm two, these days, two twofold, so yeah. less and less involvement on the smart fee side, but you know, I think the, the pressures for accountants fundamentally haven't changed. Yeah, um, you know, and that pressure comes through their clients. You know, I think I think we are really at a turning point in terms of our overall economy, where small businesses are finding it tougher and tougher. Access to finance probably has never been more difficult. Um, I'd say in my lifetime, realistically, I think a combination of the Royal Commission, um, a combination of you know, where a number of small businesses are right now. Um, getting access to finance has become difficult. At the same time, yeah, we've seen a proliferation in the last couple of years of a lot of alternative lenders. Um, you know, I'm working with a company called MarketLend these days. That's our area of focus is yeah. in that, that alternative lending space. Um, and we're seeing that um, you know, a lot of our business is coming from people that um, are just finding the banks too slow. So they're good clients with good credit, but they need access to finance faster than what the banks can actually operate. And that's probably the biggest area of friction that we're seeing right now for small business is actually access say, to fast finance. I was going to say the exact same thing. We're in clients, you know, four or five million dollars of net assets, and the bank's taking more than five or six weeks to approve a loan. Whereas we're doing it in five days. 
Which is realistic in 2009. Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's not... Yeah, it's not that there's been a significant change in terms of the way that people review credit. It's just that the banks fundamentally seem to have pulled back um, or increased the hurdles that you need to jump through. Um, and, um, you know, they're just not equipped to be able to deal with the volume. I mean, this is this time of year, this first quarter of the year as we come into the second quarter is always one of the busiest times for business lending because people hit cash flow problems right now. Um, and, you know, a lot of people just aren't resourced to be able to cope with that, that level of additional volume that's coming through. So it's, it's tough out there. And, and, you know, I think what I would hope to see fundamentally, no matter what, what government we end up with is a lot more focus around the small business side of things and how the government fundamentally can support them in terms of better payment mechanisms and faster payment mechanisms as well. I mean, the interesting thing, I mean, I think Josh Wattenberg did touch on about, bit about um, setting up a small business fund or something like that. But in the, res- in the reply um, speech from Bill Shorten, the word bank wasn't even mentioned. The word lending, the word finance was not even mentioned. It was all about health. It was all about the NDIS not, not going properly, you know, not working properly. So he was focusing on those areas as opposed to yeah, a lot of the economic sort of areas. Yeah, look, it's... Well, look, you, and you guys would see this every day. As Kevin said before, the, you know, the, the volume of employment that small business provides Australia is significant. Um, our economy depends on the long-term viability of small business, uh, but you know we, we still continue to you know, focus a lot of uh, conversation around what's happening for the individual, um, and that's you know, I think one of the key challenges moving forward for, for all small businesses. Yeah. No. Um, and uh, the Brisbane Small Business Group, you, you locked out for a while. You wouldn't know how many members you got now, would you? We got we got six thousand. As of yesterday, we had six thousand three hundred and fifty-seven. So it's growing at about four percent per month at the moment. It's pretty good. I'd like it to be going faster. You had a dinner earlier in the week. I was unable to attend. No, you were watching the budget. I was watching the budget. That's one thing I was doing. That's for sure. I've had a few things on, but how was it? Pretty good. Yeah, there was 20, uh, 20 members came along. Alan, Alan came along. Uh, there's 20 independent business owners. And okay. Steve Junkie came from Yeah, yes he did. So he made the effort to come all the way down from there. So that was fantastic. And uh, yeah, good, a, a really wide variety of businesses were represented there. From, you know, there was uh, you know, tradies, there was uh, you know, accountants. Uh, and so. just a really diverse range. So it was really great. That's excellent. Um, and welcome to the lunch. The lunch was quite good. The Jubilee Hotel, that's not a bad venue in in the local valley area. It's nice and central. Yeah, it's very Particularly central. Particularly from there, it's only 200 metres from my office. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty good parking in that area too, I think. Um, there's some parking here, showgrounds. Yeah. Quite good. There's parking at the hotel too. So what are you guys doing for Easter anyway? Are you up to anything at Easter time? It's only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I'm heading down to Newcastle actually. People I'm seeing and having a bit of a break. Easter itself, I'm, I'm staying local, but next weekend we're heading out to a place called Gordon Country, out past Aratula, um, for four days of camping. So kids are on school holidays from this afternoon, 
So um, trees and bush and device-free scenario. There's actually no mobile reception anywhere out there whatsoever. So it's a fantastic way to have a proper break. So what do you do? You just relax. Is there any sort of activities you get up to while yeah, you're if, if beer drinking's an activity, yeah. then I'd consider yeah. you know, a, a fair amount of activity going on. Burn big fires. Um, let the kids run wild in the bush. Yep. And um, so last year, barbecue and uh, beer. Last so last year, year the score was still trees one, Adrian nil. Mm. Are you looking to get your own back? Yeah, I am. Well, this year I'm. I'm I bought a pair of steel cap boots, so that should steel keep me thongs. out of the hospital. Steel cap thongs. That'd steel cap thongs. There you go. You could perhaps get those manufactured for me, Kev. I can. With your manufacturing contacts. Yeah. Um, so yes, so safety is important. I dropped a log on my foot last year. So. It got the fire. Yeah. It, it started on the fire, but then it rolled off the fire. But that's okay. That's all all part of camping. But yeah, look, it's 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 one of the things that we do as a family every year. Um, it and that sort of location, it's or? always that location. We go with four other families, but the thing that we like more than anything is that absolutely zero mobile reception. So you, yeah. you, know, you can't even be tempted to go. So the whole I'll just check my messages or whatever. It's you're off the grid for four days, which is great. What about you, Kevin? Anything what are you up to? Oh, look, it's um, the championships down in Sydney in the horse racing zone. So we'll go off to the races for one day and uh, and just have quite quite time around around time. Yeah, and you know where I'm going? No, where are you after? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be away from the 17th to the 27th of the month. I'll be starting in Tokyo for five days. Uh, so, the reason I'm going to Tokyo is that um, a couple of clients' friends are riding in, in a mixed martial arts promotion, which is quite big in Japan, Ryzen. And um, so, Ben, ben is fighting in the co main event against a, a guy that's that's uh, won like 15 out of the last 16 fights and I was talking to him. I had this, interestingly enough, I had this Japanese guy who got referred to me, potentially a new client, earlier in the week and he, he sort of lives half his time in Yokohama, which is Tokyo. Uh, and he said, yeah, Ryzen's like huge over there. It's massive, it's, it's, a, it's a huge, everyone knows about Ryzen. And, uh, and the guy that beat us fighting is like a fucking, he's like a national fucking hero this so if Ben beats this guy, it's going to be it's going to be quite extraordinary. It'll be extraordinary, uh, and certainly security to get out. No, no not about that. They're friendly people, but they'll probably be disappointed. But um, it's going to be it's certainly going to be worth watching. That's for sure. If it's a co-main event, uh, Ben's won some big fights before. This guy, um, as I said, he's only lost to the very best in the last four or five years. So. Uh, and then David was also fighting on the card as well, Damien Brown, so fighting uh, unbeaten Japanese guy. So this is uh, in Tokyo? Uh, Yokohama. In Yokohama. Yeah. Yeah. So they're staying in Tokyo for five days. Nice. Um, so we're going over there, about four of us. Um, and then I'm seeing my brother Nick um, three and a half days in Shenzhen, yeah, in China. Uh, so that's, they're there for my birthday, there for Easter, there for a fight. So, yeah. Celebrations. We'll be running them up. Yeah, so no, be, I've never been to Tokyo. It's a good, it's a good uh, opportunity to go. So, uh, you're podcasting while you're away, mate. We'll you're probably, gonna do we'll a, probably do. A, I'll probably get a podcast, maybe with both the boys together. It'd be good. We'll, we'll see how we go. Um, we've had them separately on the podcast. You're going international now. That's fantastic. Yeah. And the Suntory factory would be rubbing their hands with food if you're going over. Who? Sorry. Suntory. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sapporo. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's um, what's, what's happening. I can't believe it's already the 5th of April. It's the year no, going it's very quick. Um, it's already, buddy. How's your lodgement uh, list going? <laughs> well, actually, we're 86% on time lodgement. Yeah, I think we're above, around about between there and 90. It's sort of yeah. around that close to That's numbers. good. But that's, that's a bit misleading. I don't, I don't think we're above 90, but we, we do a lot of lodgement so as well. So, But I had a look at that. We've still got a, probably about 70... 70 or 75 um, groups or individuals still to, to do by the 15th of May, so uh, there's going to be some of this out, I'm sure, but that's going to be their fault most of the time. I'm not getting it into it. I love the new tax book. Look, what's different about it? It's got superannuation. I have to have a look at that. So you can see how much superannuation is owing. You can even find what's on the new portal. So it'll tell you if someone's got super in a funny account that picks it up against the tax file number. Also, you can pick up VPNs that have been issued against clients that normally... So what are they? Sorry, using... Directors, uh, penalty notices. Directors, penalty notices. Picked pick two up yesterday that we, we thought could come but didn't know and, and they had already been sent. The problem is the tax office sends it to people's MyGov account and not everybody looks at their MyGov account. And I find that as well. I mean, we have, we have like half the people, half the, more than half the clients that... Have a MyGov account. Never look at. Do you know? Um, do you know your MyGov account? I know oh, I've no, got one, but I don't. I don't. Uh, do you know how to access it? No. 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 I'd go back to the original email That's that they sent me and they click on it. I think. Get the MyGov account. But you don't get notifications um, from them either, right? No. Well, it's the thing. It's, it's a filler in the system. Um, it, it, you know, it is, and, and, it, and it pops us off because as soon as it goes yeah. to the MyGov account, you don't it pops, get the address now. Yeah. Tax agent address off right. the system and puts to the taxpayer's mic up. So we're not now seeing sometimes final notices and threatening action legal. Well, because it's because it's interesting. We see this a lot through our um, business, right? So because anyone who borrows money, we track um, through you know the credit reporting side of things anything that happens with the company. And quite often, what we see is we see. Um, notifications coming through that the um, the company's either being being wound up or um, is being um, deregistered, and the actual owner of the business doesn't know because they haven't received the notification. Because normally they go to their accountant, and that's what the problem is. It's the my guy. I just, I just trust that's my stopping it. Knows everything. But sometimes you don't get that. Yeah. Anyway. It's gone to my guy, not yeah. the software, and we've had some few situations where companies have been deregistered. Yep. And and the thing is, sometimes we don't even sometimes we don't even hear about these things that the client has a debt or the client's in this issue or this issue unless we get a phone call from the tax office. They just ring it. Sometimes they might ring up the agent and say, "Look, we've got a ten thousand uh, dollar tax bill. Uh, it's only a month less than a month overdue, but we're still bringing you anyway." <laughs> um, saying, "Well." You, I don't, you return all those calls? Yeah. No, I, don't, I, don't. I, I actually refuse to return because I'm not going to sit on the line yeah. for 15 minutes and go through the ID process every yeah. single time and pull up a document to give like, an idea. Yeah. Like, it's going to waste half an hour and three quarters now just getting through. Yeah. So I frankly just don't return calls. Yeah. Money sort of deal with those calls if I know that, um, if, if it's a, a client that I know is probably a problem client anyway. Um, and the debt's probably, I knew about the debt, or they probably should know about the debt, then I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to say, look, we can't do anything. If it's an unexpected situation, like if it's a client situation that 
I say shit, that, that shouldn't be happening, then that's the only time I'm yeah. going to really investigate that. Yeah, there's a lot of those, and a lot of clients never get the POYG notices, uh, and all of a sudden there's three IASs uh, that they owe money for. Uh, you know, and then you have to worry about varying it to fix it up if, if they circumstances change. A lot of the time they have. Yeah, so that's been a bit of a chat about a few things this morning. We, we played some golf. Um, I'm doing a few other, possibly doing a few other podcasts today. We'll see how they go. Um, so it's Podcast Friday for you two. Uh, Podcast Fridays. This is a, a pre-podcast <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're up to about a thousand, over a thousand. Let's take now. a selfie in this one. Since you've got a good selfie arm. So you that's can because um, I can't. That's been from the Valley Podcast. That's been episode 36 here on Friday uh, morning here at Vicky Park. 